I got hit in the head with a wrench and I was bleeding all over. Oh yeah. And I said, I said, do you really count that as not me being with the company? <laughs> Hey there, Rays of Nation. You are not going to believe this. You thought we were having fun before, but we are raising the bar. Our guest today, my new friend, Mr. John Corcoran. Is it Corcoran? Is that correct? Did I say it right? Excellent. Has nearly 40 years experience in the entertainment industry with Ripley's Entertainment. Ripley's Entertainment is the largest and fastest growing international chain of museum type tourist attractions in the world. In the past 25 years, the company has grown from 12 attractions in four countries to 100 plus attractions in 11 countries. And John's current role is the enviable role of attraction development director. And he's going to tell us more about that for the 31 Ripley's Believe It or Not's auditoriums around the world and a network of over 100 properties, which have seen over 100 million guests since 1933. He provides leadership, program, and project management and talent development for both brands. John, thank you so much for coming on the show. I'm honored and excited to chat with you today. How are you doing? I'd say under the circumstances we're in today, I'm doing just just wonderful. Uh, quite the introduction there. So I hope uh, yeah. I hope I'm able to fulfill all those uh, glorious uh, <laughs> sound bites. <laughs> it's all the truth. It's, it's all the truth. So. Um, Mike, uh, I'll ask you real quick. You're in Florida, right? Is that right? Yeah, Orlando. Yeah. How's it going in Florida? Everything uh, that's going on. You know, uh, you know, the term of the day, flatten the curve uh, yes. in, in Orange County, which is where Orlando sits. Uh, we seem to be doing quite well. I would say more than flattening, but uh, a little bit on the downslope. Uh, most people seem to be paying attention. Uh, Florida often gets the news for maybe having some outliers of society, shall we say, but uh, <laughs> so far, most folks are being behaved um, yeah. and it, it seems to be helping, which is good. Oh, that's awesome. That's how I feel like it is up here in North Carolina too. We're really trying to flatten the curve. We've been in self-isolation ourselves for about four weeks now. And so we're navigating what it's like to live with each other all the time. So that's yeah. been, been pretty interesting uh, for our relationships. But it's also, there's been some good things like a slower pace. And, you know, I'm hoping, I don't know, I'm hoping that we eventually all come out of this on the other side better, but it's going to take a while, more or less, I feel like. That's my hope. I, I have seen some good things also. I'm on the board of our HOA, and mm -hmm. uh, I see some community spirit coming back. I see people out walking around the community or biking or, you know, sweeping out their garage, and sometimes people just kind of come home, close that door, and stay inside, and uh, so I'm sensing a little bit of community, you know, you, you're yeah. talking to your neighbor, maybe from 10 feet away, but they're talking to their neighbor, <laughs> right. which, is a, which is a good sign. So I, I think, I think you're right. There's going to be some good come out of this, you know, looks a little bleak right now, but I, yeah. I think there's going to be some good come out of it. And, uh, mm -hmm. and that, that, uh, that'll benefit us in the long run. Yeah, that's true. Well, are you ready to talk about helping folks make the most of where they are and kind of where they're going? I am ready and, uh, and hopefully can provide a little, bit of, a little bit of help for them. That would be awesome. So before we start, I know you probably get this all the time, but please, please tell me what is your very favorite Ripley's exhibit? Well, I do get that question a lot. And I, I can tell you that the answer is different all the time because it's often, uh, it's often 
often influenced by what we've gotten recently. Uh -huh. So, uh, so it's cool stuff. And Ripley's has such a wide collection that sometimes people don't realize we have sort of like historically significant objects. Um, mm -hmm. You know, when, when John Wilkes Booth shot Abraham Lincoln that night at Ford's Theater, he was carrying matching Derringers, you know, Ripley's owns one of those Derringers, you know, kind of thing. Wow. A, a recent purchase that's super cool is we bought a collection of passports of Neil Armstrong. What? So, and they're spectacular in that they kind of show his life. I mean, at the, mm -hmm. the first one, he's a student and hardly goes anywhere. And then he gets something I didn't even know exist. It's called a special government passport. Mm -hmm. And he got that when he was training for the Apollo program and uh, training to be an astronaut, I should say. And then he got a diplomatic passport when he was in the official Apollo program because they did a lot of training in Ecuador and stuff like that. And then post that, he had all kinds of travel because he started traveling the world giving speeches about this amazing journey on the moon and all that. So, so it's not just a document. It really kind of tells some life history. Um, That's so cool. Still one of my all-time super favorites, though, is a board that has been painted. And there was a gentleman <laughs> that spent, spent about 15 years painting a board. What? So, so every day... <laughs> It's just a little, it's a little piece of board. I think it was a two by six and he would paint it two or three coats every day. And what's really cool is when you cut it, you get this beautiful rainbow section because he oh. used a gallon of white paint and then a gallon of blue paint and then a gallon of red paint. So there's about 7,000 coats of paint on this, uh, on this board. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so, so the board is an inch and three fourths thick and the paint is six inches thick. So it's just, uh, it's a really cool visual and it's just, it's a great reflection of people just wanting to do their own thing. And mm -hmm. this guy just painted this board and he's created this really unique, cool piece with a wonderful story and, and a great demonstration of what people are willing to do to, you know, to be different. Yeah. That's interesting that you would even think to do something like that though, right? Like I'm going to paint this board and it's going to create this beautiful piece of art that's yeah. like expressive in a unique way. Yeah. The classic beauties in the eye of the beholder. So it's, uh, so it's, it, it's wonderful that we get to celebrate that, that part of, uh, part of humanity. That's true. So my friend, Neil, he said that uh, this is the only job you have ever had, which uh, is going to be super interesting to our listeners, because that's what we're all about, finding the best jobs and getting paid what we're worth. And you obviously feel like this is a good one. So what do you love so much about Ripley's? And, and tell me a little bit about this journey, I guess, of, of where you started and, and where where you are now. Sure. Uh, a small clarification there is probably the only real job I've ever had. I, I did, <laughs> I did own businesses for a while sort of thing. Oh, nice. So, um, you know, it was a summer job in college. Uh, mm -hmm. I got hired at a seasonal, uh, mini museum that the company had to take tickets. I, it's a funny story in that I tell people I needed an easy job because I had broken my hand working at a grocery store, oh, no. which was my, my high school college trade coming up was I worked at grocery store. So I broke my hand. So I needed kind of something easy to do. So I got hired to take tickets and clean the glass. And uh -huh. that was, that was something I could do with a cast on my hand. So it worked out okay. And, uh, and, uh, you know, it, it just worked up from there a little bit of hard work and, um, and, you know, some things we'll talk about today and got into the management training program and, and moved to about 10 or 15 different attractions around the country. I got, uh, started building attractions. I got put in charge of all of our development, got put in charge of all of our operations. Um, wow. actually, actually left, did some things on my own for a while and then came back kind of just for a more creative role. 
So uh-huh. working more in, in developing and improving those products we have. That's amazing. So what has been kind of your favorite position as you've, as you've moved around? Well, you know, operations is interesting and bless the people who do it. But, uh, you know, if you get a chance to be in a creative role and you like that, that's really the thing to do. I mean, I always jokingly say no one ever stands in front of a business and says, you know, I put four and a half percent on the profit margin there. Right. Uh, but, but people will stand in front of something and say, I built that. And, uh, and so, you know, so having that ability of making things better, um, it's a great guy in our industry. And, you know, he says, look, we have a wonderful job when we, you know, our job is to entertain people and we don't pollute the skies or poison the rivers, you know? So my job when I get up in the morning is to make sure families are having fun when they're on vacation. Right. That's a, that's a pretty good job. You that's know, an awesome job. <laughs> you know, you still gotta still gotta do reports and safety things and all that. But that's ultimately that's that's the reason we get up in the morning. That's a pretty darn good reason to get up in the morning. Yeah. So, whenever you kind of started embarking on this journey with Ripley's, what do you feel like set you apart? It sounds like you've moved up throughout the ranks, and you know you've you've worked really hard. And so, what what do you feel like? was the difference maker for you? You know, I, I feel like it was at that very first stop because I got hired to, like I said, take tickets and clean the glass. And it was interesting in that uh, Ripley's owned the business, but we were on someone else's property and mm-hmm. it was an amusement pier. So you could either, um, the way you came into the attraction was you bought tickets. Think back to the old days when you went to the amusement piers and the roller coaster was five tickets and the merry-go-round mm-hmm. was two tickets. and So we took those pier tickets and then at the end of the day, the pier would come and take that bag of tickets and then they would send us a report saying how many tickets were in there. Uh And I remember getting the reports sometimes and going, boy, I thought we were a lot busier yesterday, you know, things Mm -hmm. like that. So I found a turnstile with a counter on it, hidden sort of like in a closet in the back. Uh And uh, so I installed this turnstile and then each day I would write down the numbers that were on the turnstile and I would compare them to the numbers that the peer was giving us. Uh-huh. And I started sending that to my boss and saying, look, I, I think there's something wrong here. So I, he went, wow, guys, you know, looking after my money kind of thing. So, uh-huh. and, uh, and again, I, I think, look, I think a lot of it was hard work because, mm-hmm. you know, I found some supplies and tools and when I got the cast off my hand, I started painting stuff on, on the slow days. There wasn't a whole lot to do and, uh-huh. and I was getting paid by the hour. So I, I didn't mind coming in an hour early and painting something that, that seemed like right. a good job. So, uh, yeah, so I think it was that, you know, you know, caring and willing to work hard. Boy, that, that'll go a long way. Yeah, absolutely. I feel like now in the situation that we're in, kind of with COVID, that there's a lot of people that are working from home, working remotely. Um, and then there's a lot of people that are searching now for, for employment. So I feel like whenever we talk about getting a raise or approaching your boss, that now is not necessarily a good time to go and have those types of conversations, but it is the right time to kind of go above and beyond. Do you feel like that could be, I don't know, that that might be true or not right now in this situation? Yeah, no, I I think it is. Certainly, you know, I think uh, for the listeners, you know, maybe make some notes and bring it up in a few months because I'm not <laughs> sure if time, now's the time to do it. Um, most most pays are going the other way. Um, yeah. But I, I think that, yes, I think you can, you know, stand out as, you know, loyal and dedicated and, 
um, you know, the, your big question about, you know, what do you do to get a raise? And mm -hmm. I mean, my answer is make yourself worth more, you mm -hmm. know, whether that's through working more, harder work, learning something, uh, you know, proving that you can do this, you know, can you do two jobs? Because mm -hmm. then, you know, I mean, granted so many hours in a week and you got to find that life work balance, but if you have the skill to cover a couple of jobs, then, then maybe there's some value there for the company. Um, you know, th those, that sort of approach, but, uh, you know, if you, if you're passionate about what you do, mm -hmm. you know, that it just comes through. I mean, it, it, some people see it as dedication. Some people see it as loyalty. Some people see it as hard work, but if you're passionate about it, you know, if it's what you talk about and you, and you walk the walk and you're, you're willing to do that and it, it, it comes across and, um, and, you know, I, I think that's, that's going to really help you a lot in the long term. Yeah. Do you feel like you've always been passionate about your position, your roles? Definitely. I, Definitely. You know, I, Good. Yeah. I, I think when I first uh, left that little museum and got transferred to our management training program, I uh -huh. remember... I remember the manager of the museum coming in at 8.30 in the morning and I was sitting at my desk and he said, oh, John, I thought you had the night shift. And I said, well, I do, but I just had nothing else to do and I got lots to do here. So I just came in. So, right. he, you know, I was supposed to work the three to 10 shift, but I, I just worked all day sort of thing. Uh, yeah. Young and single, you know, that sort of thing. Yeah. So if you're not in that position, make sure you find the right balance. But, uh, but you know, that can certainly go a long way. Mm -hmm. So what is your best advice or you feel like, um, for somebody that's feeling a little bit undervalued wherever they're working right now? You know, it's a funny word because it, uh, it got a bad name for a while, but, you know, propaganda, you know, mm -hmm. are, are you proving that you're worth what you think you are, you know, mm -hmm. and, uh, and it doesn't mean you got to, doesn't mean you got to write up a list and send it to your boss every week of all the cool stuff you did. But, uh, but, you know, you might be doing weekly reports, you know, so are you framing those correctly so that your boss sees that, um, look, you've set a goal, you've reached that goal, maybe even exceeded that goal or taken on some other things on the side. Um, mm -hmm. You know, I know in my weekly report, I have a few departments um, that I, you know, that I, I, that I take care of, but I always, I always listen, I always listen other. <laughs> because other? It's just, yeah. And it's just, you know, when you've been around as long as I have, they ask you to take a look at a few things. So uh, uh -huh. my boss likes to say, stick your nose in this. Uh, mm -hmm. So and so I, I always try to list that, right? Because it shows that, look, I, I've got this varied ability and I'm willing to step out and do a little bit more. And, mm -hmm. and I am doing this a little bit more so that my, my list is not only maybe what you've agreed to do, but maybe a little bit more. So, mm -hmm. you know, working harder and, 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 you know, you don't have to tell people you're working harder, but you just have to show them the results. Mm -hmm. Probably the best thing you can do. Yeah. Cause I mean, there are some people that they're working harder, but they're working smarter too. Like they find new ways to do something that they've been doing and that can be super valuable, I feel like. Agreed, especially if that working smarter, you know, is saving the company some money because you found a more efficient way to do something or reduce cost on something, then, then obviously that, you know, that, that increases your worth. So it's, uh, you, you, gotta, you gotta find that balance. There, there are people who just keep working harder, but not doing it the right way. And, you know, mm -hmm. you just, uh, you'll never get out of the hole at that point. Yeah. And you just get frustrated almost, I feel like, because sometimes it, it is a lot of hard work, but it's, it's smart work and it's innovating and it's, it's helping who you're working with. Um, how is Ripley's doing right now? I know you guys are a museum. I mean, you guys, okay. 
I believe we have 113 attractions and 111 are closed. Oh so, uh, so it's uh, not, uh, yeah. not it's, it's certainly not a, not a great time. Um, mm -hmm. Like many companies we've, we've had to, we've had to go through some rough times here with some, yeah. you know, with some furloughs and everything. Um, we uh, sort of held on as long as, as we could, but uh, yeah. um, you know, at this point, not knowing quite where the, you know, what's around the be. next corner. So mm -hmm. we, we, we had to make some tough decisions this week. And, yeah. uh, uh, you know, we are trying to be opportunistic with the crew we have here. You know, yeah. we said, what's that work we've always wanted to do that we can't do because our attractions are open 365 days a year. Mm -hmm. And, mm -hmm. and, you know, we've made a commitment to make sure that when we do reopen, you know, every attraction has three coats of wax on the floor and every carpet right. is steam clean because those are the kind of things you, you really can't do when you, when you run the hours we do. We have attractions mm -hmm. that are open 15 hours a day, 365 days a year. Oh my gosh. So, uh, so it's, you know, so it's, it's hard to do some of that work. So we're trying to be mm -hmm. opportunistic where it's safe to do so, right. uh, you know, in following mm -hmm. the, the governmental guidelines and, and that varies by, by region and everything. Yeah. I, I think we're, to some extent, we may be coming out the other side as I believe our attraction in Korea has now reopened. Oh, so, nice. uh, so, you know, maybe, maybe it's a rolling cycle. We'll, we'll see, but, uh, Mm -hmm. Certainly, certainly a ways to go. Are you guys working on anything right now that you're hoping future next three to five years? We are, um, you know, we're, we've, um, we've continued that work because we know, you know, at one point we'll have to do that. Uh, mm -hmm. It'll be interesting when it comes back. We think to some extent people are going to want to get out and do stuff. Yeah, They're, they're going to want to do it maybe in a little bit different environment, you know, making sure it's safe and social distancing. So we're, so we're taking a look at that. How can we adapt our attractions to make people feel comfortable about that? Um, but also that, you know, to some extent, it might be a competitive market. People are oh, going to, yeah. people maybe won't have as many dollars. And if they're going to decide where they're going to spend their hard earned dollars to entertain their family. So we want to make sure that, uh, that we've got something unique and it's, uh, it's the best possible, best possible way. So that sounds awesome. So, so I typically ask uh, the guests to share kind of their best war stories about getting a raise and whether it's you or someone else that you know, what's your favorite, favorite story? And can you tell me a little bit about what happens? Um, you know, my, hmm, you know, the first thing that comes to mind was was not quite a raise because it actually had to do with some severance. Uh, when I, I did leave the company for a while and did some stuff mm -hmm. on my own, as I mentioned, but the, that first job I had working at that on that little amusement pier, um, mm -hmm. for the sake of payroll convenience, I didn't technically work for Ripley's, reported to them, but wow. I was on the other company's payroll. Uh -huh. So, uh, so I never got service time for that. Uh -huh. So when there was, you know, when there was some talk of severance, they, you know, pointed out my service time, and I said, well, no, that's not right. It should be this. And right. and the VP at the time said, no, sorry, that doesn't count. Well, the fellow that was president at the time, at this time, was a vice president when I was when I worked at that facility. One year, when we were closing it up because it was a seasonal attraction, um, we were trying to trying to weatherproof the the attraction. And small industrial accident, I got hit in the head with a wrench. I was bleeding all over. Oh I was, no! <laughs> I was fine. I was fine, but it but it was a memorable situation. Right. So uh, so I went to the president, and uh, and we were just sort of telling war stories. And I said, yeah, hey, I remember that time I got hit in the head with a wrench and I was bleeding all over. Oh yeah. And I said, I said, do you really count that as not me being with the company? <laughs> and he said, well, no, of course not. So, <laughs> so I, uh, 
So I used emotion, you yes. know, to, to draw a reaction from someone uh -huh. and, uh, and got myself a couple more years service time. Well, so, that's good. <laughs> so, so yeah, so it was using a, using a little bit of emotion to, to, uh, to sort of, you know, point out your, your loyalty to the company kind mm -hmm. of thing. So, yeah. uh, you know, so and maybe a little it. bit of a flaw in the thinking almost with the service time, like it, yeah. you did, you worked hard for them. At exactly. That yeah, yeah, exactly. So, you know, I think the other things, you know, I generally look at are, you know, changes in situation, you know, can you document something for me? I've moved around a lot, you know, mm -hmm. so I've always had to look at cost of living indexes going from mm -hmm. one market to another. You know, maybe if you're assistant manager in one place and you're getting to be a manager in another place and that comes with an increase in salary, that's wonderful. You know, is it an increase in true salary or, you know, did you look at a cost of living index and, uh, mm -hmm. you know, because sometimes the same, you know, different dollars might not buy you as much. So, uh, so always, you know, always be aware of the situation, you know, if it's a job change that requires something, I mean, it could be anything from, you know, dress to equipment, you know, th mm -hmm. those sort of things. So just make sure that you're, um, you know, comparing what the job is and where the job is to, to where you were and, mm -hmm. and making sure any adjustment in salary is appropriate as well. Yeah, I like that. Um, do you ever recommend talking about kind of the perks, like vacation time or anything like that is when you're having those raise conversations or the performance reviews? I do. I, I think that sometimes, um, you know, some things are very much fixed, you know, company, you know, you get three weeks of vacation and you get a, you know, at five years or, you know, th those sort of mm -hmm. things. So sometimes those are difficult for uh, a supervisor to change just because it's a company HR policy, you know, th those sort of things. Yeah. But uh, no, I, I think that's a good way to, to add a little bit more on value. Uh, some companies really try to stick to a pay structure because, you know, if you're a level 17 manager, that's what the pay is. So, mm -hmm. you know, how can you, how can you get something else out of that? Um, you know, uh, you know, in informal deals sometimes can have some value to them with, you know, without sharing too much because maybe not everyone in my company has the same informal deals I do, but, uh, <laughs> um, but no, I, I think that's, uh, you know, I, I think that's a way to do it. You know, I know staff that's worked for me, you know, we've done, you know, maybe a small equipment purchase form or something oh, like that, okay. you know, something, you know, something along that line is mm -hmm. a laptop, right? So now, right. Now, you, now you haven't changed your salary structure. You've helped someone out, you know, right. it, it's still a business expense. You just made their job easier. And, and I'm saying laptop back when everybody had a desktop only kind of thing. And, right. you, and you spring for a laptop for someone. So, uh, you know, so some things like that, I, I think, mm -hmm. yes, perks are, are something, uh, it, certainly if you work for a smaller company, you know, things like vacation are different. Uh, you know, uh, I know people that have done the, you know, I call it the, the Northern work week where, you know, you work a little bit longer Monday through Thursday and you get a half a day off on Friday, mm -hmm. uh, you know, because you want to go out and enjoy the, And it's a summer thing. So you, you get mm -hmm. a half a day off in the summer. Uh, doesn't mean quite as much to us in Florida, but, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, you know, I know some people have negotiated that in. So, you know, that could be really important to you if you, you know, if you, you're a, uh, like to go camping on the weekend sort of guy, then, oh, yeah. then, uh, you know, so, you know, think about the perks that, uh, you know, don't have, you know, direct cost to the company, you know, mm -hmm. that, that's certainly, uh, that's certainly some, some benefit there, whether it's flexible working hours or, you know, those sort of things. 
Yeah. And I like that the laptop, I think some people will do cell phones or, you know, small little things that they can help people out with that, you know, it's not necessarily a pay increase, but it is something else that improves like your work and life a little bit. Just this week, I've been offering uh, employees on the sly, and uh, you'll have to wait to uh, put this podcast up for a little while, but I've been offering, <laughs> been offering toilet paper. Okay. Oh my <laughs> gosh, you're so awesome. <laughs> I was uh, cleaning out some of our warehouse and found uh, something close to a hoard. So, <laughs> so some of the staff, I was like, hey, how are you doing there? Uh, so. On your stock, I have some. <laughs> Now it's that it's that commercial rough stuff, so it's not uh -huh. perfect, but uh, but but it's you know, something. It's, it's certainly it's, has some perceived value right now. <laughs> it definitely does. It's a it's a hot commodity. I know that even up here, it's really hard to find it in the stores. So I can't even imagine in Florida right now. Yeah, it's just sort of a sort of a funny thing. What goes? You know, we're we're used to panic buying down here because of hurricanes, oh, but. Right. Uh, but this is uh, this has been a little bit different with the mm -hmm. with the toilet paper going first. It's uh, it's kind of crazy. So yeah, I know they're they're making it as fast as they can right now. It seems like so. I'm hoping that we can get it back and distribute it out to everybody. Is there anything else that you'd kind of like to add to the national conversation about getting a pay bump? You think? Well, you know, for some people now that are changing jobs, you know, I think one of the one of the biggest opportunities you have is at that hiring meeting, mm -hmm. you know, because sometimes, uh, you know, look, sometimes companies do, uh, do a blanket policy and they say everybody's getting a 2% raise this year. You know, that, that happens sometimes, but you probably never have more of a chance to influence your salary than you do on the day you're hired, mm -hmm. you know, where, you know, you're, I mean, you're interviewing for a position and they say, you know, Hey, we're, you know, we're the position pays 75, you know, there's no better chance than to write that day to say, you know, look, I think I'm really going to need 80. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and because remember for the next five, 10 years, however long you stay there, you're going to get two or 3%. And that, you know, that's just going to compound over time. Mm -hmm. And, and I think that, you know, a lot of companies, you know, sit down and say, okay, we're going to hire this person. And well, what's the pay range? And they say 70 to 80 and they offer you 75 and maybe they really got 80. And, uh, and, and I, think, um, I think you can probably have the most influence over that on day one. Mm -hmm. Sometimes salary is that you'll get this to start and then in 90 days it goes to this. So yeah. maybe it's that 90 day adjust number, you know, that you're talking about. Yeah. But, um, but I think that first day, you know, there's probably a real opportunity to have a significant influence. I think if you've been there three, four years and they, they say, we're gonna give you a, you know, a $4,000 raise, I think it's really hard to say, I'd like nine. Right. Because because all yeah. of a sudden, you know, that seems like 120 percent and and really, you know, five out of 75 when you start it, that's a that's a little smaller number and might be a little more palatable. So, you know, really, really focus on that. A lot of people are happy to I got that job now. But uh, but, you know, that's a that's a good chance to to really influence what you really earn for the next because it's not five that year. It's it's five every year you're there. That's true. That's true. I didn't think about it that way. That's the first time that anybody said it like that, John. I really like that. Um, do you interview? Do you interview and uh, hire at all? I, I do. So, you do, uh, yeah. yeah. So, I'm, um, you know, generally, we, when someone comes aboard our company, we interview them a lot and we have mm -hmm. a lot of people interview them. Uh, we have a unique culture. Mm -hmm. So, we like to make sure they're, they're a good fit. 
Um, you know, generally by the time someone gets to me, they have the qualifications. So, uh, so a lot of it is about, uh, you know, getting the right fit and then, you know, understanding how well they can fulfill that role within our company. So, um, uh, and it's, it, uh, you know, I would say most people, you, you offer them a number and they're happy with that. Uh, you know, sometimes it's based on what you advertised and, you know, those sort of things. Uh, you know, to some extent, you can be a little bit impressed by the guy who says, gee, I was really thinking this, you know, because it shows you that, you know, he's willing to speak his mind uh, because you want that. If you're working on a project and you've hired someone for an expertise, well, you really want them to speak their mind. You know, that, that's why you're hiring them. So, so, you know, maybe demonstrating that in your, you know, in your hiring session, you know, that, that shows, you know, shows off a quality to your, you know, to your future supervisor. Mm -hmm. A lot of people are talking about the fit and the culture. Is that really, you're saying it's really important at Ripley's as well? Like if you're you mesh almost with the team and, and the company? Yeah, you know, again, we, we have a unique culture. And, and I think that, uh, you know, we've hired some folks, you know, in hindsight that were, you know, technically a perfect fit for the job, mm -hmm. but just just not the right fit. I mean, again, we're ultimately we're in the family entertainment business and we may need an IT guy, you know, or an accountant, but you know, that that's the business we're in. Um, you know, we, we live a service culture. We're here to take care of our guest. So, you know, even if you're running the warehouse, you got to think like a service culture. Well, look, we need to get that piece out because our guests are expecting to see it. So, um, you know, so that, that, no, that fits, you know, super important. You, you may have a small company and, you know, maybe the culture is just you. But, you know, if you, if you don't get along with that person, then, you know, you're not going to, you're not going to create a great team dynamic to grow that business. And, you know, I think that's everyone's goal. Yeah. And it makes it just a lot harder to collaborate and for everybody to, to pull and push in the same direction. So I love that we're shifting more and more to how important the culture is as part of these conversations and just where you're going to work and what that looks like in, in the interviewing process. I love that. I love that. So. Yeah, it's important. So, you know, another thing I try to take a look at with my staff and when I've interviewed, uh, you know, or had salary reviews is, you know, is, you know, what's, what's the goal and, you know, what's my reward for getting there. So, mm -hmm. um, you know, sometimes I don't, uh, uh, you know, to some extent, often your job is only worth a certain amount. Uh, you know, you can be really, really good at that, but you know, to some extent, look, if you're, uh, you know, if you're a cashier in the grocery store, um, you know, it's, you know, um, you know, you're never going to make, you know, $200,000 being a cashier in a grocery store. It's just, just the job, you, right. know, you can't influence the sale that much. You can be the best clerk that could be, and you could get, you know, inflationary raises and those, those sort of things, but there, there may be a cap to your job. So make sure in the salary reviews, you're having a discussion about, well, look, I think I can also do this. And therefore, if I get that, you know, is there some reward for it? Maybe part of a incentive package or a bonus package. It may not always be, you know, straight tied to salary because maybe you can't do that every year, but, uh, but, you know, try to have that agreement of, you know, it, you know, Ask your boss. I mean, if you're making seventy-five thousand, and you you know say, what do I need to do to make a hundred? Right. You know, because you know they may tell you that, well, look, that, that job's not worth it, or well, then you need to be able to do this and this, and therefore you can become a department lead, and you know that job pays a hundred. So make sure there's a true understanding between you. And sometimes it's a difficult conversation, but make sure there's a true understanding between you to 
you know, this is where I want to go. What do I need to do to get there? Is it, is it more education? Is it more experience? Is it taking on more responsibility? But, you know, this is where I want to be. Tell me what I need to do to get there instead of just saying, okay, you're going to go from 75 to 80 this year. Uh, right. You know, find out what you need to do to get where you want to be. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. So John, this has been amazing. And I am so grateful that you've taken the time to talk to us. Uh, I can't wait to see some of the new attractions whenever this all, uh, we get back to, to normal more or less. And Ripley's will be one of the first places that we take our kids. And if you've enjoyed your time today and feel like you're getting some value, please consider sharing the podcast with your friends and your family and subscribing. You can even take a screenshot and share it on your social and then tag me at Amanda Lefevre so we can connect. John, I just want to say thank you again one more time. If your uh, listeners are looking for a little something to do too, they could uh, check out our social media stream. We've been, uh, yes. we've been uh, posting lots of fun stuff. Uh, you can actually see me in a tour of our warehouse. Really? Um, so that's up on our, uh, that's up on our Facebook page. So get a behind the scenes tour strongly encouraged if you're a star wars fan that's all i'll say so nice that's awesome i did not know that are you guys on instagram too or is it all facebook uh, yes we are facebook? no no yeah. facebook twitter instagram tiktok we've, we we TikTok? we we've got it all yeah so are you yeah, talking are you doing tiktok uh, videos i have a tiktok account now because i follow the company and my daughter is making some inroads on tiktok and she's excited nice. about that so uh so trying to trying to be young and hip to uh -huh. always need always need to keep in touch with what our audience is i'm sort yes. of an old guy who's been around forever and uh i rely on a bunch of younger people in our department to tell me what's hip but uh try to be cognizant of the fact that you're not hip so that uh, you can, you can have someone tell you what is. That's amazing. So are you doing the video? Are you doing dance videos, John? Do I need to go look? No, no John TikTok <laughs> dance videos. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, I will definitely check out Ripley's on Facebook and Instagram. You said Twitter as well and follow along. That's really cool that you're doing warehouse tours. All a little sneak peek, some behind the scenes. Definitely try to entertain the folks while they're at home. So uh, uh, hope everyone is staying safe. Uh, really, really unique time. Mm -hmm. So enjoy your time with your family. Stay safe. And if you get the opportunity when you do get out on vacation and you're near one of our attractions, uh, try to see it if you can. Uh, we just promise you a nice, uh, nice family-friendly environment uh, and to uh, have a great time on your vacation. Yes, we will definitely be coming too. And I appreciate it so much, Sean. And I hope you have a great night and I will talk to you soon. Thank you. Bye.